Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Crimes, Killers, Cults, and Beer. And Beer. We got a special episode for you today. It's uh, one of our potpourri episodes, but those are always fun. And in the studio with us right now, we have the man, the myth, the legend, D.L. Sirius. Yay. Yay. You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way I wrote it. <laughs> track, we we followed the clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is a Central Florida legend in the music um in the music in industry and he's done uh, back in the back in the late 80s early 90s he was the man that every local band wanted to be <laughs> because it's just they were the hottest act dead serious was the hottest act anywhere in central florida and i'll stop <laughs> you when you say something wrong <laughs> <laughs> so far it's you're you're clicking baby all true all true all true <laughs> and he's yeah he's he's a very good friend of mine and he was actually on my previous radio show that we've talked about he was a the Will and, Freak, Thunder, the Will and show. Thunder show. Yeah, he I was, was a huge fan of the Will and Thunder show. Yeah, we lo- I, we loved doing it, and and DL Serious was a repeat guest. <laughs> what and, else did I have to do at midnight on a <laughs> Tuesday night? You know, email my parole officer and then listen to you clowns. It's <laughs> a regular yeah. routine. So. <laughs> Anyway, we we're going to um you know we're going to be telling we're just telling stories and he's got a he, DL has a doozy for you so and I got a couple of doozies if we're talking about uh, crimes in Central Florida well then yeah I mean the more yeah. the merrier because sure, sure. yeah absolutely we'll, we'll see where it goes here yeah anyway that's Todd and that's Bill that's Todd and that's Chris that's, that's me D- DL that's DL tell me what you want <laughs> if you knew what my ex-wife called me that would that would be uh, interesting so yeah, that would whatever be interesting. you guys want uh, nice so um, what are you drinking there Chris uh, <laughs> What are you drinking there? Are you? Do you mean what are you drinking there, DL Sirios? <laughs> right. <Yes. laughs> I'm drinking the nectar of the gods. It's a Venom energy drink. It's what I live on. Oh wow! It has uh, fueled and inspired me since uh, 2015. Venom energy drink, but they nice. screwed up, dude. The appeal for Venom energy when they came out in 2015 around the rim of the can, it said own it for 99 cents so it had an an absolute energy drink kick it was straight legit but a can the side size was 99 cents as opposed to the 5.99 for the, the red bull now the Red Bull, I love I would take that shit intravenously you know, <laughs> if it wasn't 599 right you know a, a can so they had various flavors on the venom so it was great it kicked you in the ass and it was super cheap fast forward five years we get to about two years ago and the own it for 99 cents banner around it was gone and then you would find it for a dollar twenty nine, a dollar fifty nine, a dollar ninety nine. I'm like, shit for venom. <laughs> if I'm gonna pay two, three bucks a can, you know, then I'll go ahead and go with the uh, with the Red Bull or the full throttle, unless Venom Energy wants to uh, 
wants me to be their endorsement spokesperson. Oh, you're endorsed by them? Sweet. No, I oh, wish. Oh, I okay. Wish. Well, well, I'm uh, I'm drinking Bud Light, and so is Todd. And Bud Light, you need to endorse us. You need to sponsor <laughs> us because we drink it up. And you need the help right now, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that Bud Light. Spokes guys with penises. Yes. That look like guys. That's an interesting marketing concept. Yeah. That's quite an angle, guys. I don't think you, we can sell that. Yeah, I don't think that'll work. I'll never fly. Yeah, and um, I mean, I did a spot for them, a, you know, several months ago. That you was did. that they 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 should pay me a million dollars for that spot because I made it sound like the greatest thing on the planet. He did. <laughs> so. I heard they're going to pay you a million to take it down. <laughs> Damn. Apparently, apparently, corporate wasn't quite as thrilled with this. <laughs> we right. got to figure out which episode that was on and get that thing on TikTok. <laughs> I know, right? I don't even remember. I don't either. But oh well, it is what it is. All right, so I got a story. We're going to start off with all right. This song. This song. This story is called "The Devil Made Me Do It." And it takes place in Haines City. Oh, we're we're covering crazy Florida, crazy Florida crimes, by the way. Um, and this takes place in Haines City back in January of 2019. Uh, 60-year-old David Murdoch killed his ex-girlfriend. Take a guess why? Uh, she had a penis. <laughs> no, I don't think she drank Bud Light. Okay. <laughs> We're so getting sued. I don't know what that means. <laughs> we are so getting sued. I don't sued. even know what any of this means. <laughs> no, but religious reasons. Oh. <laughs> this is Central Florida? Yeah. Haines City over there. Haines um, City. Yeah, Lake Wales area. David Murdoch. Yeah. <laughs> right? Is that yeah. what you said? Yep. Not Murdoch from those Murdoch. weirdos up in Have you heard Carolinas. this story? No, I haven't heard this one yet. Oh. We're going to cover that one at some point. Um, I just got to, the dust has to settle on it first. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but now he murdered his ex-girlfriend for religious reasons. He believed that she was possessed by the devil. So, and they obviously had a very toxic relationship. <laughs> you think? <laughs> a little bit. So David was the jealous type and he was always checking in with her like a hundred times a day. He was showing up at places where she was. He was calling and texting all day long, but they would split up and then they would get back together again. And this happened multiple times. Cause it'll be better this time. Right. Yes, it'll be. Yeah. This oh, yeah. time <laughs> it'll work out. Yeah. This time it'll work out. Cause it's true love. This time I'm going to love you, Bell stranger. <laughs> <laughs> so one night in 2018. Mama, I don't know, Mama. I think this time he really means it. I think he's going he's gonna to he's stop gonna... the whiskey, and, and I think it's true love, Mama. No, I think this time it's real. <laughs> <laughs> so, <Jeez>. so, one, <laughs> so one night in 2018, they get into the worst fight that they'd had to this point, and Lisa left him for good. Huh? And she moved to Ohio. That's the Palm Bay North. Palm yeah, Bay I was going to say Palm, <laughs> Palm just, Bay with hills. I was going to say North, you know, Florida North, but <laughs> close enough. <laughs> Been there. Yeah. So, Spent a month there one day. Yeah. So there's just as many crazy stories that come out of Ohio as there is out of Florida. Just saying. <laughs> so um, she's 
you know, she love them in Ohio. Love wonderful people in Ohio. Don't misunderstand me. Yeah, right. It's just a little left up, but it's a little. It's a little. Yeah, little Palm Bay. Yeah. Anyway, so um, they. She said goodbye. She said, "Don't call me. I'll call you." Of course. And she didn't. <laughs> but she still had friends in the Sunshine State. So in January of 2019. She came back to Haines City to visit a friend. And so wait a second. What yeah. do we know? She made a clean break to Ohio. Is do we know? Is he making any contact with her? Has there been any efforts? Or is she did she get home free, so to speak, in Ohio? Do we know any of those details? I think she did get home free. And yeah, because, but I think he's, st- she didn't change her phone number though, but I think that when she was in Ohio, old David Murdoch just basically let her chill. Right. But, okay. you know, um, he's found out that she was there. That she was in town? Right. He found out that she was visiting. Right. Okay. And then um, he started texting her relentlessly. And, you know, she must not have changed her phone number, but but she did block his number, which of course pissed David off. Yeah. <sighs> nice guy, this guy. So right, David went on a mission, as they often do. Lisa needed to be taught a lesson. They were supposed to get back together because she had obviously come back to Florida to be with him. Uh, yeah, sure. That's why she came back. That's why. Yeah. So David tracked her down and decided to go see her. So he knocked on the door and he pushed his way past um, Lisa's friend and he started yelling for her. And he he found her and he shot her in the head. Bang. Damn. He stuffed her in a closet and then he shot her friend. Oh, double damn. Yeah. (laughs) So neighbors and David himself called the police. And when they arrived, they found um, that Lisa's friend was barely alive. And she was able to tell them that it was David that did it. Because we didn't know until then. Right. Well, yeah. what, it, didn't, it didn't say what David said when he called the police. He might have just been trying to, you know, I heard gunshots. Sure. You know, and, but in the interrogation. Was Lisa already dead then? Yes. Yeah, so he shot and killed her right then. Right. Excuse, excuse me. And the girlfriend survived, right? Okay. Um, actually, that's. I think she died later, but I'm. Oh. I don't remember. I wrote these notes about a week ago. So, <laughs> um, so in, in the interrogation, David was asked why he had done it, and good old Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd, the greatest sheriff in the entire in the entire country, <laughs> he said that um, that David had told him that he had found God and believed that Lisa had been possessed by the devil. Oh. I mean, she obviously had to, that that had to have been it because why else would she reject a total perfect male specimen like the the almighty David Murdoch? (laughs) Like, I'm David. Right? I'm David. (laughs) You knew that was coming, Todd. You knew that was coming. Oh, I did. (laughs) So, um... (sighs) We're idiots. <laughs> Grady Judd in an inter- in an interview um, said that they were going to throw the book at him, and they did. And he was charged with first degree murder, attempted first degree murder. Okay, so I guess the friend did survive. 
um, armed burglary with assault and battery and shooting into a building. Oh. He's being held at the Polk County Jail without bond, and I couldn't find any other information um, on it. You know, at, on his sentence. And what or facility like that. is he in? Um, he is at uh, where is that? Uh, the, the, he was at he was at County? the Polk, Polk County okay. Jail, but he's been in there more than a year, so I I'm at, so he's got to be in prison by now. Mm. But the you know the information that I had didn't um, say. I um, mean, sources for that were the Orlando Sentinel, Fox 13, Tampa, the Bradenton Herald, the Bay News Nine, even the Miami Herald, and the Associated Press. <laughs> <laughs> so, right on. That, I mean, there's like a plethora of stories about this chucklehead. Right on. Now, what do we know about Lisa? Uh, what uh, what was what was her story? You know, sometimes we hear so much about the, 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 the killer and sometimes even a little, a little glorified. And we don't, uh, we don't always hear uh, about the victim. You yeah, know? Th- there wasn't a lot of information, you know, backstory on Lisa. <clears throat> um, I mean, I'm, we, we, you know, we don't glorify the, the killers on this show. And we, I'm not suggesting we, that. I'm just, yeah, we culture, society in, in general, you know, we know a lot more about Charles Manson right. than maybe we do about uh, the LaBiancas, right? Sorta, you know. But yeah, it it just oh, excuse me. She <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm guessing that she kind of sort of had her head on straight because she was able to just pack up and move and then come back for a visit. So I mean, you you can't do something just like on the spur of the moment. Say I'm going to leave Florida and go to Ohio. Unless, sure. unless you've got unless you've got money, you know something going on, or, you or you're scared shitless yeah. and you're trying to get as far away as you can. Right, that too. Okay, <clears throat> but you know, we. I mean, I, I wish there was. I wish there was more on on her, but she, you know, there just isn't. Okay, just curious. Yeah. So, like to get all sides of the story. Right. Absolutely. And we usually do present all sides on the cases that there's a lot more information. No, I'm about. a fan. I love listening to you guys. It's always very well done. <clears throat> Thank you. Depth. Thanks, man. We I appreciate that. We appreciate that. So, um, okay, I, I got I to gotta hear your story. And what we're going to do with <coughs> this particular story, I'll take one, is um, we're going to revisit our third episode, which was William Cruz. Yes. And, I mean, Sorry. we're not going to go back and tell the whole story or anything like that. If you want to hear the whole story, just go listen to episode three. Um, so... But William Cruz was a spree killer in Palm Bay, Florida, and um, he, he had some screws loose and everything. And but he was, was not gay. He was not. He was definitely not gay. Let's get that <laughs> he clear. Was not gay. He was not right, gay. Right at the beginning. He wanted everybody to know that he wasn't gay. I ain't gay. Mistake. Get off my lawn. I ain't gay. <laughs> Ring up my groceries. I ain't gay. <laughs> Fuck. All right. And I can't come up with another one, but William Cruz ain't gay. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that, the awkward moment of silence there was brought to you by uh, Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gay either. <laughs> but, so, um, oh. and just one, you know, the neighborhood people were picking on him and stuff like that because he was such a douche canoe. <laughs> and he, um, he, he just, he just, 
flipped one day and he started and he just went on a rampage. He killed a teenager uh, or no, he shot a teenager and then he drove um, to a shopping center, a Kmart shopping center and just started shooting people. And then he went across the street to another shopping center where he um, started shooting people again. And he did kind of a siege there and took hostages. And um, the there, one of his hostages eventually got him to stand down and turn himself in. And she, she was the, or, Robin Murcha, I believe was her name. Um, and that episode did a lot for CKCB because, um, well, it's still the only podcast episode about William Cruz. And, um, but the, the wife of one of the police officers that was killed reached out to us. We were actually, our episode on him, on William Cruz, was actually the first podcast that she had ever listened to, and she loved it. And so and I'm friends with her on Facebook. She's a really, really nice woman. Yeah, that's cool. And, 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 uh, and for us being, you know, rookies at the time, for something like that to happen to us that early on, in on our existence, it was, you know, it was like, an, we, we were, Todd and I were both honored by it. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, because I always... I've always had this opinion. I'm like, Bill asked me to do this podcast with him. I said, yeah, sure. You know, if nothing happens, nothing happens. And then like our third episode in and that happened, you know, this yeah. way, I was like, dude, I never expected anything like that. Yeah, I know. And I mean, and we're, we're growing this time next year. A lot more people are going to know who we are. We, we just had our one year anniversary and we hope you loved our, you know, <laughs> the episodes that we released on the first of April. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway. But yeah. But anyway, that that's the, the gist of the story. Now, um, DL here has his own side of it, and he has a story that you know. First, well, I'm, I'm just I'm just going to turn it over to him because this the story is going to blow your freaking mind. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, not like it's a different side to it. I mean the guy was a non-gay killer right <laughs> <laughs> it's just how i was introduced to to the story right but you but maybe you, interesting but, or maybe not but you wound up as a result of that story doing something about that story right and then that resulting in another crazy yeah, florida the story crime. had legs yeah <laughs> so, to so, this, so, is, so th this is an exclusive this story has never been told on any type of media i mean i'm sure you know he's he's told it to friends or whatever but this is a this is an exclusive so <laughs> buckle up and drink bitches <laughs> so anyway. this is uh what it was late april 87 right. 23rd something like that something like springtime springtime spring florida uh, I was married at the time. My wife and I were in Daytona Beach. We went to see the Kansas concert. Uh, Kansas was a wildly popular rock group with us old-timers back in the <laughs> 1970s and early 80s. Carry on. Yes. Thank you, my wayward son. <laughs> so they were experiencing their last little gasp of major label success kansas that is in 1987 so ocean center we go to the daytona ocean center to see kansas uh the gary rossington band was the opening act uh which you know when when he passed recently that yeah. made it as much skinnered as what 
Skinner is now. Oh, yeah. So uh, I was probably as excited to see uh, the Rossington, uh, Gary Rossington band open as I was about seeing Kansas. Also because his wife, Dale Krantz, I've had a mad thing for since <laughs> Rossington Collins in 1980. So actually, Gary Rossington and Kansas could both fuck off. I wanted to see. <laughs> I wanted to see Dale Krantz because she was the singer for the Gary Rossington band. Oh, okay. Right. She was hot. She was a stone cold fox in 1980. She was a fox in '87. And from some of the recent stuff that I've seen online recently even at 109 <laughs> she is red hot she's, stone she's cold foxy now so dale krantz so anyway i was in daytona at the dale krantz concert <laughs> and my wife and i we leave the show uh, headed home uh we lived in melbourne at that time hadn't quite made it down to palm bay yet but but close enough. So you've got to, uh, you're going down A1A, you take a little offshoot. Beachfront there. Avenue. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, you got a little cut off there at Port Orange, taking you over to 95, and then you're, you're home free. So on that little stretch connecting 95 to A1A, it's, you know, 10, 11 o'clock at night. So you got to get a fresh uh, Mountain Dew, fresh bag of barbecue Fritos, you know, a little something to munch on for the, you know, hour and a half ride home. Shit. Better pick up a pack of smokes while I'm here, too. <laughs> right. So we go into this little convenience store. And it's about 11 o'clock, 23rd of, of April. And the uh, convenience store clerk cards me for the cigarettes. Pull my ID out, and he's looking at the ID. I'm good. And he's like, wow, Melbourne. He goes, that's right by Palm Bay. I'm like, yeah, you know, spitting yeah, so distance. <laughs> and uh, he goes, boy, you guys are all over the news tonight. I'm like, what? Really? What's what's going on? He goes, dude, some crazy mother is down in Palm Bay shooting the place up, killed a bunch of cops, took hostages, and I'm like, you you got to be kidding me. So, uh, Trish and I, we would have had you know Bon Jovi or Def Leppard or you know Weird Al or something in the cassette deck, you know, Al. on the on the way home. So I get out to the car and I go, here, take the, you know. Take the Whitney Houston out of the deck. Let's find some. <laughs> let's find some news, news and see what's going on. We tuned tuned into some news, and the, the guy was right. It, there was this major, major national news story erupting all over the the uh, media waves uh, in 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 that moment in real time. It's like holy cow, trying to trying to play catch up and get all of the. You know all the details, right? Because this was pre-internet, folks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's that's good to point out because even an old timer like myself, sometimes I forget how relatively new some of this technology is. Oh, yeah. Still, you know, the nice. first you know 25, 30, 35 years of of my life, anyway. You know, we were writing down uh, directions to yep. you yeah. know left on Main Street. You know, so you had to unfold the paper map and go. <laughs> I think I'm going here. The first uh, major arena concert tour that I worked on was in 2006, 
And I remember being on the tour bus 2006, and it was the first time I remember seeing this little device stuck to the dashboard of <laughs> the tour bus. <laughs> and I was friends with the with the uh, with the bus driver because I was the only guy who wasn't fucked up every night. So I'm the one sitting up at three in the morning, shotgun, talking about you know Johnny Cash and Loretta Lynn with the uh, with the the bus driver. keeping the bus driver awake. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So there's this little device on the uh, the the dashboard of the tour bus is like that's pretty crazy what you know what's it? it's a gps cool what's a what, gps what's a gps <laughs> what's that and he's explaining it to me and it's like shit man like voodoo you know that what was the guy's name david what murdoch david murdoch is gonna have to come and put a you know a, a, a voodoo hex <laughs> on him or something what is this you know and that was only uh, that was 17 years ago. Yeah. Now, for the, the young people, 17 years was more than a lifetime ago. Yes. But for Dale Krantz, 17 years is, <laughs> you know, last week. Last week. You know. Yes. So anyway, but that's a good point, Bill. None of this technology that we have now, other than my 8-track deck, you know, <laughs> we it was all a, a whole different world. So we're trying to play catch-up. Uh, changing stations on the the fm radio dial on the way home trying to get you know, different accounts different reports and so on and then by yeah. the time we got home and turn on the tv wow crazy so you guys did a great job in your your original uh edition installment on <laughs> on this story thank you but uh yeah they, they 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 took him in and as these kinds of cases often do you know he's he's jerking off the system and you know going through right. that whole process and it's taking forever in a situation that you would think would be cut and dry yeah it's it now taken forever <coughs> so this happened in april 87 and coming around the holidays uh maybe first part of 88 he would have been uh in the system now probably eight nine months or so and i was uh gone over to visit my mother and we were talking about this case because even nine ten months later this was still, it was still big news it's, oh, it's yeah. big big news and she says well you know did you see in the paper today william cruz is going on a hunger strike like, cool you right. know, let him it? starve to death yeah. let, him, exactly. let him let, <laughs> him, let him starve him. to death and she says well you know there are certain people that believe that if he was allowed to starve himself to death, he would somehow be denying himself of his own constitutional right. You know, that whole... <laughs> oh, yeah. God. And that, yeah. you those know, people. <laughs> we, we might have to have some of those people intervene and, you know, force him to take nutrition See, yeah. so that he doesn't die. And I'm you know, just listening to this psychobabble. And... uh she says, yeah, and if they had to force feed him, the means by which they would use would be through the nose. They would put a feeding tube in his nose and feed him mm -hmm. uh, sort of intravenously, but through a, a tube yeah. in the nose. And being a degenerate 23-year-old punk rock ignorant buffoon, Boone, <laughs> Dick Tard at the time. Dick uh, Tard, not, not that much has changed, <laughs> but especially 1987. I'm, I mean, I'm 24 years old at, at that point, and uh, we were just, 
just it was dead serious. Yeah. Notorious dumbasses. Yeah. So, <laughs> but we loved it. So yeah. I'm thinking <laughs> yes, I'm thinking did. to myself in uh very um uh real terms, uh not figuratively, just legit terms, how great a gig it would be as a citizen of Brevard County to have the opportunity to force feed this guy, especially, (laughs) you know, literally without the tube, if you could like shove a ham sandwich (laughs) right up this guy's, a little Chateaubriand on a half bun or something just, and, you know, and uh, I just thought that that was, uh, it was sort of silly. It was goofy. It was funny, but also it was also very real. It was very genuine because I had a real sense of community I, I I I felt for the victims. I felt oh, for course. the community. I just felt for everybody who was victimized in some way by this guy, who seemed to be getting there was seemed to be more care and concern for the welfare of William Cruz than for our community. Then the, and the, the six people that were murdered and the countless others who are injured yeah so yeah. being the you know community voice of reason that i was in 1985 or 24 <laughs> i uh, i wrote this song uh called i want to force feed william cruz yes it's like what a gig in brevard county who wouldn't I know. Yes. Want to have the gig, <laughs> exactly. you know, to shove a Twix bar up this guy's <laughs> nose or whatever. Wherever. So we took it quite literally. And hey, uh, uh, no, 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 not a, not a Twix bar. Not a Twix bar. Some freaking nuclear <laughs> hot sauce, of what, chicken wings, whatever, right up you know, his ass. Right whatever up was on the menu and catering that day. You know? yeah, uh, but, no, I, uh, I, I like the I like the I like the nuclear hot wings um, <laughs> scenario better because that would have hurt him. Even more. Anyway. <laughs> we wrote this just nincompoopery two minute punk rock. You know, I want to force sweet William Cruz. You know, not realize just thinking it was just us being dumbasses amongst the four of us. And then we started playing it live. Yeah. And it started resonating with the audience people were relating to what our our feeling was in in our hearts where we were coming from and we are getting ready to do a new album at that time called blow chunks (laughs) great album right about that time we were doing a show i used to do a bit with a a toilet on stage and uh, we did a um i would have 17, 18 empty beer cans on stage. Mm-hmm. And during the show, I would go through each beer can one by one. Now, they were empty, but the audience didn't they know they know were that. empty. <laughs> so it would look like I'm just chugging, chugging, chugging beer, boom, chugging, 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 just chugging beer after beer after beer. And I would intentionally be sort of staggering and slurring <laughs> a little bit more as the, the show went on. Sober yeah. as a church mouse. Oh, you know? yeah. But, you know, that was part of Then we would get to the final can. That would be the, the dummy can. And it would be filled with cream of mushroom soup. So I would take a big chug of that last beer can right at the end of the show, get a a big old mouthful of uh, cream of mushroom soup, 
And oh boy, that was that was the last beer I couldn't take anymore. I think I'm gonna be and, and grab the the drop to my knees and grab the rim of this toilet bowl and just let it spew. So stupid. <laughs> moronic juvenile but brilliant but brilliant tastelessly brilliant yes um but there's one night one day all we were we did uh at that time were all ages shows you know we weren't going to be doing brown eyed girl or anything you know like that so i was renting uh concert halls and booking local bands and so on original music even back then at 24 i had a briefcase and you know booking booking bands and so on so there was a kid at one of these all ages shows that we did uh it was probably 15, uh, Jason Raymer, and he had this camera with this freaking telephoto lens on the front, and he's <laughs> right up front, and he got the most superb color, crisp, high-resolution shot of me fake puking on stage and it's you just see every drop splattering oh. yikes splattering off the uh the, the 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 toilet rim and so on it was just and i remember show yeah right <laughs> i remember showing the picture to my wife at the time and i go here you go this is great this is an album this is the next album cover, album cover honey you know she's like oh that is so gross and i go yeah but with a cover like this the name of the new album? Blow Chunks. Blow Chunks. <laughs> she is like, no, you cannot. You cannot. I forbid you. Oh, now we have a problem. Now we got the bank teller with the Bon Jovi mall hair forbidding me <laughs> to use this vomit photo as my album cover and forbidding me to call the album Blow Chunks. Oh, Boom. God. Within you know, a month, we had our latest cassette release out called blow chunks <laughs> cassettes i remember those the days. lead in track on blow Tr chunks was i want to force weed william cruz so now when this little record comes out and hits central florida it really starts to explode it's more than oh, just yeah. becoming a, uh, a a live concert staple now it's getting radio airplay yeah you know uh, we won we won the uh, Battle of the Bands at the County Line Saloon oh. in the summer of 1988. And I remember driving home from the club that night in my little pickup truck with this big-ass trophy on, the, on the, the passenger's seat with the radio on listening to WFIT. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm driving home just winning the battle of the bands with the trophy and as i'm turning the radio on they're playing wfit is playing i want to force feed will you your song hell yeah You're like so, oh hell yeah <laughs> so that's that's what was happening but that was really the song that really broke us out at least in terms of central florida not that the band was worth a shit but <laughs> no, that song really great, <laughs> that song connected with with people people felt what we were feeling and they yeah. agreed next thing i know florida today newspaper back years ago there was a newspaper in brevard county and it was called <laughs> And it was called Florida Today. Yeah. Now, conversely, just, they on, have... I want to digress just a little bit because I just drove past the old um, newspaper plant. What the hell is it now? It's not Florida Today. It's not it's USA Today. 
If you look, I believe is, it. There is a two-page leaflet now that comes out on a somewhat regular basis that's still called Florida Today. Yeah. But uh, the newspaper, I, I don't even know whatever happened to it. But at the time, Florida Today was the was the life pre-internet, pre-internet. You know that was pre-internet. That was the 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 news lifeline here, and they sent. I was working at a record store. And they sent What's a, reporter. a record store. Yeah, right. What the fuck? What are these guys talking about? A record store called Tape Deck. Dale Cramps and cassettes yeah. and record stores. <laughs> Weirdos. Sells an eight track. So I was working at a record store, the Tape Deck. I had just sold Bill a bong at the back counter. <laughs> Actually, it was for his mom. It was but for his mom. <laughs> she could, but she probably could have used it seriously. Yeah. So. They sent a Love reporter you, from the Florida Today to the tape deck to to interview me. They oh, sent wow. in a, a cameraman and, and, and the whole bit, and they did this nice feature story. So during the the summer of 88, this story and this song is just exploding on all these different right. media platforms before we knew what media, media platforms, platforms were. <laughs> And uh, to to this day, you know, I my music project really is more of a a solo uh, endeavor now. Uh, but in the days, it was a, the band yeah. dead serious. Now I pursue it mainly as a, a a solo act, DL serious. But right up till the very end of our dead serious band existence, that song "I Want to Force Weed William Cruz" was still. We still couldn't play, at least in this town, our hometown, yeah. without, without doing that song. That song. Yeah. And over the years, it never ceased to amaze me. People that would come up and they wouldn't be bullshitting you because know, you can tell, you can look in somebody's eye and tell when, when see what's in their heart. Absolutely. And people that would say, "Hey, my dad was there that day. My uncle was one of those police officers that were, you yeah. know, and." Right on, and man. They love it, yeah. You know? Fuck yeah dude. So uh yeah, it, it just the song just had legs and, and stayed with us right till the end of the band. That's awesome. My girlfriend, who I have been seeing for good grief, uh, doing fast math, seven years now. All right. Uh I was over at her house the other night having dinner. And her mother comes into the dining room, sitting down. Okay, great. So Bonnie's going to have dinner with us. And uh, I was mentioning to my girlfriend that I was going to be coming on with you guys and doing this podcast. Her mother, Bonnie, pipes up and she goes, I was there. Hmm. Wow. I said, you were where? She goes, I was at the Wood Ducky Publix. Uh, before before he went across, I don't even get that. It's a news. It was a news story. Why you couldn't use the real name of the real store in a news story? That just I seems have no idea. No, it was a documentary. Well, it was yeah, it's still but, a documentary. It's a news story, man. Potato, potato. Anyway, <laughs> right. so he started out at the corner of Babcock Street and and Palm Bay Road. Yes, and he started on the east side of the road at the Publix Shopping Center, Kmart Shopping Center. That's where it began. Now, Bonnie, my girlfriend's mother, she was there firsthand with her husband. He did not go into, this is per my mm. source anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, he did not oh. go into 
any of the stores on the, in the plaza on the east side of the road. He was uh, taking fire. The cops were there. It was intense. Mm-hmm. She claims to have actually felt one of his bullets whizzing wow. past <laughs> her. Uh, and before she knows it, he has made it across the street because they would not leave the police would not leave anybody leave the public shopping center. Yeah. So William Cruz has made it across the street now to the Winn Dixie Plaza. But right. nobody that was at the public's plaza was allowed to to cross the street. So Bonnie is you know, they're talking to police officers and they're being questioned and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. And it is her claim that the police had him on in sight mm-hmm. and could have easily taken him out. Stopped it, yeah. And they were told by whoever, I don't know who, but they were told by whoever to stand down. To stand down. Damn. Now, now that's a whole conspiracy thing. Who yeah. knows? That's just information that I got from somebody who was fact check who was there yeah. so it's just very very interesting and then you know you guys did such a great job of reporting of of how the the story played out but that's my that's my personal little insights there you know having right dinner the other night with a woman who was actually was there, there and saw saw wow. this tragedy playing out and uh how i was uh able to uh uh, I could even imagine um, how wow. I've been connected yeah. to it for. That's awesome, brother. Then. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, that, that I, I really and I kicked myself in the ass for not doing this, for not reaching out. We should have had you on board with that episode. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I I don't know if if I agree because you guys. I mean, I'm not just giving you lip service. I understand. Uh, I thought the conversation that you guys had with no outside distraction, nobody interrupting, no, you know, oh, let me say oh, something true. funny here, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that that was probably exactly the way you should have done it because I just, I, as a listener, as a, a fan of you guys, as a listener, I just, I thought you did a fine job and anybody else in that mix might have been a, a distraction. Yeah, that's true. And we were still, we, we were still figuring out, you know, yeah. figuring out, this this was his first um, foray into this period, and this was my first time in the big chair as the as the lead host. So we were still trying to figure I mean, things out at that point. You know, we were t- when we, yeah <laughs> when we did that episode. I mean, I remember that happening. I remember seeing it on the news, and I remember all that. But I was just like, I don't remember anything. You know, I mean, I remember it happened, and that's it. And then Bill's Pro- telling me all these details. The and only reason like, I would, you know such a an authority on it it's just because of the song yeah you know right. had, had that not happened you know i i wouldn't be i would be less in the loop possibly you possibly, know th- th- right. than you guys so no no i mean right. i you know that's the thing that's like me and bill started this like bill's like the very first one we did bill's like don't do any research on this i want you cold i'm like all right and I was like, dude, this dynamic works. So you just come up with the stories and I'll just react. <laughs> yeah, but now he gets to do all the tech stuff. Yeah, now I'm, now I'm the tech guy. <laughs> a lot of colors 
Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's it very pretty, isn't it? It's sort of like at the old video arcades when you yes. would dance on the, mm-hmm. the, the, I, the tiles. And I, I was so saying on. it has a disco look to yes, it earlier absolutely. today. <laughs> I, I can change the colors. It's, it's very, Not don't. Absolutely don't. Very set, like a little a little John Travolta icon would come dancing across those. <laughs> yeah. right there. Oh, dude, and these buttons make noises. I don't have them in, so it won't get recorded. But look, we can do this. Oh, we can't hear it. Why can't we hear it? What the fuck? <laughs> I don't have it turned up. There it is. And then. Oh, I know that sound. Yeah. <laughs> Recorded live at the Dead Serious concert. <laughs> For the, the crickets and then the. Yeah. No, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, you know, we'll drop that sound effect that he played into it just i'll just put it in able. later yeah. but yeah I, I don't have that i don't have that channel going in so it's not, that didn't get recorded but i dude, I there's so much shit this thing can do i'm not just scratch the surface of it um i i want to say because i i hadn't when this went down i hadn't you know I, I was in junior high school and i um I, I obviously hadn't met chris yet other than like when i would go to the tape deck and buy albums and bongs for your mom <laughs> and bongs for my mom dude there's your and next album title bongs for, bongs bongs for, for your for, mom <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um but even then you know i and i didn't know who dead serious was i i know that i would call up the concert line that you had on on the Hi, radio. thanks for calling the Tape Deck Concert <laughs> Newsline. Coming up at the Lakeland Civic Center, November 10th, it's Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue. Coming up the next show. night, on the 11th, it's at the Daytona Ocean Center, <laughs> it's Conway Twitty and Neil Simon. <laughs> yeah. I remember I when still, Bon Jovi came. Good. Bon Jovi came to town. You were like, and um, so, so at the Ocean Center, it's Bon Hokey. I mean, Bon Jovi. <laughs> I was like dog on these these bands. I forgot all about that. Yeah, I was kind of funny back then, <laughs> but I mean, I I didn't I didn't I didn't know DL at the point at that time. I I just knew him. I knew who he was as of the record store. I didn't really know anything about um, Dead Serious other than like. And whenever Dead Serious would play a show on that recording, it would be like, and on April 23rd, long song recording artist, Dead Serious. <laughs> when you own the platform, man, you just <laughs> milk it for all. Of- but the crazy thing about that, you know, about that LLC that you had, long song, your songs weren't long. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Everything is always tongue in cheek. I was going to say, wasn't that the point? But I, uh, yeah, but I, but what, uh, what my point for all of that was I was um, in junior high school. I was at Johnson Junior High, and um, I and it's just like I started. You know, some of my friends were talking about it, like, "Oh, dead serious that song." I want to force feed William Cruz. <laughs> and then when the album came out, I heard it, and that was like my that song was my first exposure to Dead Serious. And then a couple years later, I got into the the band scene, and that's how you and I met. <laughs> but but it's like and now the room has become so big and there's so much noise in that room <laughs> i don't i don't know that a, a a young upcoming local type artist could ever have that no. opportunity yeah I don't, I, I don't think the opportunity yeah, no. there anymore. I, I don't want to be like the you know the the old guy well those were the good old days but it's the truth kids, it's you, the truth but it really is the truth in terms of creating art yes. and 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 having some uh, uh uniqueness and your own identity and the ability to really connect with an audience who's 
going to connect with you and yeah. really resonate and and run with it. I think that those I mean, yeah. sadly, you know, for artists, those those days are done. Yeah. But people people listen believe me when I say and go on YouTube, you can find um that you can find videos of this band, like the Pleasure Island show um uh, <laughs> where you guys played Peanuts are Evil. That video's on YouTube, I know, and that's a that's a great song. And <laughs> that was a great that's a great clip, man, because that was about that. It that sounds good. Crap. That was TV broadcast. Yeah, it, it, show. it sounds good and it looks good. That wasn't somebody who, you know, got an eight millimeter in there. That was, you know, multi <laughs> multi camera pro world class <laughs> shot for television broadcast. So what do you got in your yeah, pocket? Very, very Nothing. <laughs> Smuggling a video camera. I'm bootlegging this show. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh it was the real deal. The only thing with there's there's I believe two cuts from that show that we did. We did the show in Pleasure Island. Um, it's owned by you know Mickey. Yes, over Disney. in Orlando. Um, Not there anymore. I was gonna say, is that even a thing anymore? No. What's that? Pleasure, Pleasure Island. Island's gone. What? Pleasure Island's gone. Is it really? Yeah, it's something else now. I'm Shows not sure how much exactly. I pay attention to the mouse it's, enterprise. It's, yeah. um, dude, what is it? I've been there. It's I think yeah, it's something it's just basically the same thing, but it's they call it something right, else. Right, right. Because you still got House of Blues, you got all the, the restaurants right. and those now, those would never go anywhere. Now I'm gonna digress a little bit. Interesting thing. Um Pleasure Island was built by Disney specifically to put Church Street Station under. Sure, I would believe that. Now, per, now, Church Street Station, and I, I heard this story on a podcast that I love called Florida Men on Florida Man, and we're supposedly going to be doing a collab with them. Makes before me very Chilo. uncomfortable. <laughs> I know, right? But, um, <laughs> but apparently, the the guy that did Church Street Station did it like somewhere in Ohio, I think, um, and it was a wild success. So they the the planners, the city planners in Orlando, wanted to duplicate that they wanted to bring life to the downtown area so they brought this guy in who was successful and like i said i think it was in ohio and he before and he, orlando huh he did this in ohio before, before. orlando okay. yeah so so okay. church street station was his second like go years at ago. it i know right? a long time ago. <laughs> long time ago <laughs> yeah. but um but church street station turned out to be an even bigger success than um what he had done in or or i think it was orlando or, or ohio but sure. um, i'm not sure but um but that you know just Hashtag, but I digress. But that's an in, interesting story. And by the way, our little hashtag, but I digress, that came from um, the wife of that police officer. Oh, right. So it's just like yes. that. Every time we say hashtag, but I digress on this, it's it's that's a call to that's her because her. Yep. she said that she she coined that phrase for us. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. But um, but I uh, did just a little bit of a you know a little bit of history because you know and and unfortunately you know. I mean, Church Street Station is starting to make a, a little bit of a resurgence for, but for about twenty years, it was it was a ghost town there. Sure, but anyway, well, at, at that time, you will, I'm sure, remember there was a, a popular music magazine, paper print jam, magazine. He's more of this jam crazy magazine. stuff. Yeah, these jam kids magazine stuff. Yeah. It was Jam Magazine, and the owners of Jam Magazine pitched and sold their oh, yeah. weekly. TV series called Club Jam. And so during the summer of 91, they shot all these live original bands in concert on the big mega stage at Pleasure Island. And then by the time we got to the holidays or whatever, beginning of 92, they had a, 
a, a season's worth of episodes edited and mm. and so on. So that's how a, a, a band like Dead Serious and, and Brave New Tribe and so many others at the time got great broadcast quality exposure and and resources. Right. The interesting thing is the quality even looking back 30 years you know, some of the graphics are a little you know dated, but <laughs> it, 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 it still looks good it, it still, still looks, looks good. good that was a huge stage and so on and so forth but the only thing is we talk about what a crazy no holds barred sort of live show that oh, yeah. dead serious did you look at the two clips online from the club jam tv show mm -hmm. and it looks tame you know it, it looks <laughs> oh, like know. you know martha stewart why we were in the Disney. dressing trailer backstage. Oh. They set us up with our little mobile home oh, yeah. thing, and we're getting ready to go on. And there's a, a knock at the door. A woman, hair in the bun, business <laughs> suit with the clipboard, you know, with the thing in her ear. She comes into our trailer with finger pointing. She goes, look, listen to me. Oh, shit. I know listen where this is going. to me. We know about your band. <laughs> we have heard all about your little dead serious band. If any of you all think for a second that you are going to get on Walt Disney stage tonight and do anything appropriate Inappropriate, inappropriate and and da 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 da. Let me tell you something. You 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 <laughs> you. Listen to me. Oh, we God. have security manned at every. We have snipers. We have snipers. At, at every power point in the park. The first time we hear an f you. The first time we hear a this or that. Our security has been instructed to cut the power oh, on you <laughs> idiots and believe me i've heard your band i hope you give us reason I to shut you, you down oh god <laughs> so that was the kind of you should have done it on the bar like w w w 10 seconds no. less left in no, the last that, that, no, no, well, no, you no, ain't getting no, away no, you, you ain't getting yeah. away with anything he, he, on did the, he did the right thing he's like yes, all right you think you did. know me watch this so we went in we did our show we did it pg and we got the TV exposure, and 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 it's. I just think it was really interesting. I I doubt that many other bands got I've that been same visit by that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Very very few bands probably had that visit from the the, the, the Mouse Patrol. Let no, me for, tell for you con, this. For con for for context, people, dead serious. They had a. A Mr. Potato Head doll that was about four feet tall <laughs> with a pipe that stuck out of its mouth and the, the song No More Pipe for Potato Head, it, it was um, basically it was written because the Surgeon General decided that uh, Mr. Potato Head's <laughs> pipe wanted to, um, you know, would, would make kids want to grow up and smoke. So the pipe was banned. So um, so DL here wrote a song about it called No More Pipe for Potato Head. And somebody put this four-foot-tall Mr. Potato Head doll together with a pipe that shot pyro it out shot of the plane. <laughs> our, guitar, our guitarist, Doug Gibson, he designed, he he. <laughs> with the with the the blueprints you know we go out to the warehouse you know how the uh engineers they have the the tube and they pull out the the blueprint yeah. all right here you go he brings that into rehearsal and uh next thing we know it's a life-size potato head like a disney 
figure. Yeah. And we had to set him up on this stand, and his pipe was set up to a rocket igniter. <laughs> so we had one of our, our guys backstage, and at a certain cue on the song, he would hit the you know the the little launcher thing yeah a little model and rocket it would thing shoot this huge flame out of its pipe indoors a indoors. 50 in, inside <laughs> a 1500 person venue we would smoke the shit out people would be even in a venue that big <laughs> that much gunpowder oh, yeah. in the pipe that big flame this high yeah. it would just and you had people choking running for cover it was beautiful but even that was you know that that was i don't think that's what because in, in case it was unclear pleasure island where we were doing cutting the tv shows was part of disney world yeah so that's that's why there was that issue i don't think that their problem was so much an exploding potato head it probably had more to do with the simulated oral sex on mannequins and <laughs> yes. the, 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 yeah. the the vomit and the and yes. you know the naked girls and that sort of thing was probably more of the concern fortunately though the potato head and really really cool stuff like that is what has you know that's what that's what you remember for is what has that's where i was mower. going that's where i was going next and and and, and people we're, we're going to continue with the second part of the story i promise but <laughs> why but, i liked where this is going well, this yeah. is fine no wait do you hear the second part of the story todd but um, right, you tell your toy mower story, then I got a toy mower story. So, too. so um, they have a song called "Lawn Care Studs." Yes, and during that song, there's like a dun, 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 breakdown in it where DL with a Fisher Price has a toy lawnmower would just jump out on stage and just like mow the lawn and everything, and um, and then at the end of the song or at the end of the set, he would like Pete. Townsend style smashed the. It was an accident. <laughs> the whole thing was an absurd. I was at this show. I remember. It was an absurd accident. At that time, it's 1989. I'm 26. And uh, at night, we're doing shows. We're playing somewhere, traveling around Florida, playing somewhere almost uh, seven nights a week. And. Um, I'll bet that's me. Is that me or is that you? It's not me. There is never any reason for anybody to ever call <laughs> that phone under any circumstances. Well, I guarantee you, whoever is on the other end of that, it's going to be a waste of my time. Yeah, they're trying. Uh, I guarantee they're, they're try you. They're trying to contact you about your car warranty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how, how I can lengthen and thicken my penis. Yeah, so, right. Anyway, so uh, at that time. I was we were, we were playing out practically every night, and then I was working two day gigs early in the morning, five six a.m. till noon. Yeah. I was working lawn service, and then from the afternoon into early evening, I was working at the record store selling Bill's mother bongs. <laughs> selling Bill's mom bongs. So I love it. So every morning, yes, two, three, four, five days a week. 5, 6 a.m. till around noon, you know, there I am on the back of the work truck, you know, ass hanging off the back of the truck, and, you know, <laughs> got the, the gloves and the big floppy hat and all that sort of, and there I am, mowing the, and it was right here, like, right down the street, dude, uh, 520, yep. if you know... Uh, uh, where the, the, the Starbucks is uh, yes. on, on 520. Right across the street from there is uh, 
St. Lucie Gardens. And it is an apartment complex. And yep. then on Brevard Avenue, a little bit over and down, there was another. Those were our two Cocoa Beach accounts. Yeah, yeah. Huge, sprawling apartment complexes. They sucked. <laughs> those gigs yeah. were grueling. And I remember the boss of the lawn crew, uh, Mr. Z, Billy Z, Billy Zigiano, or whatever, you whatever. know. I've he, never heard this backstory yeah, before. He this used is awesome. to call me, he called me Mr. Meticulous because it would take me all day to do nothing, but it would be done beautifully. He goes, hey, hey, Mr. Meticulous. Hey, let's get you on this flower bed over there because, quite frankly, if I put you with one of the mowers, you're going to wind up in the fucking lake. So we're going to put you, we're gonna put you someplace safe. We're going to have you lay in this flower bed, and you got all day, but at the end of the day, we need it weeded meticulously and beautifully. Can you do that? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> bada, like right out of the song. Okay. And you go, bada boom, bada, bada bing, bada Mr. bang. Good one, Mr. Meticulous. So he puts me in this flower bed and it's like freaking red fire ants, fire ants and, <laughs> and mosquitoes and it's hot and it just sucks. It's Florida. It's in Florida. August. It's yep. just Ugh. brutal. And I'm thinking something has got to Something good has to come out of this <laughs> shitty gig. Right. At least, you know, maybe I could like write a song or something. And it was as if I could already hear Bill Irwin's little snare cane, <laughs> brum, brum, <laughs> little marching cane, <laughs> da, 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 da. and it's like you know, picking off fire ants. Pull the mower off the truck and let's go, oh, guys. So, so we we did that. We put yeah. the I wrote these stupid lyrics, but they were real. Yeah. you know you can't absolutely you can't fake the 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 heartfelt authenticity of those old dead serious songs. No, it was all based on real life. So I wrote these lyrics, took them in, and uh, next thing you know, we had this ridiculous, like monolithic six minute freaking garage <laughs> punk rock epic called lawn care studs i didn't think anything about it i didn't think it was just right. it was just an, it was like the william cruz thing it was just another song yeah. on our on our set list and we started playing it and was like going over pretty good and then i thought because the, the show had been developing you know i'm gonna stop in at the toy store next to the record store and grab one of those little toy lawnmowers and just have it sitting up on the drum riser just as like a little visual for visual, when we, yeah. we do this song. Okay. Now, I have most of my life, despite how involved I've been in the music business and doing music on my own and working for my rock star heroes and all that kind of thing, right. I have always harbored pretty considerable disdain for rock stars and the rock star sure. mentality yes. and there's just oh, yeah. so much to make fun of there you absolutely know? so the one night at the end of the show and we're doing this big we always did this big you know trash can <laughs> ending at the you guys were pretty much quoting it verbatim on the uh the the other uh, episode so the one night as we're doing this you know big trash can ending Something in my probably at that time 26-year-old demented brain, I grabbed the mower 
and in like a, a mockery because you got Paul Stanley and Pete Townsend, the rock star. They come up and they smash their guitar. At the smash, end. Oh, look at us. Smashing you know? a perfectly good guitar. When they can afford it. You know, now that <laughs> right. it, it was not only dopey, but it was just fake. You know, what what kind of oh, yeah. skin do they have in the game? You know, they're, they're Dude, you Paul know. Stanley smashed guitars that cost like 50 bucks. Exactly. And now they just painted it to look like his guitar. <laughs> and, and, and when you've got the, the distributor backstage going, all right, here's your new one for tomorrow. I mean, it's it's just yeah, part of yeah, the they're, show. They're, they're handing right. him fucking hundred dollar guitars to smash. He's not smashing his fucking million dollar right. fucking Ibanez. Ibanez Ice Man. <laughs> so I uh, I grabbed this mower off the drum riser just as a goof, just as sort of a mockery, you know. And boom, he's smashing it like it was. The place goes freaking <laughs> ape shit. I was there. <laughs> I wasn't at that show. <laughs> I, I wish was I was. There. Was it I, cool? You were there. I ended up with the handle. <laughs> nice. You probably and, still and have it. And I took it up and had him sign it. <laughs> Do you Did still I? have it? Yeah. Was I a dick? No, you okay. were awesome. All bro. right. <laughs> this was before I really knew you, but you did that. I saw you do that, and I ended up with the handle because I was right there in the front. This was, I think, at the power station. Maybe. I don't remember. But all I know is I I, I might have been at that show. I, had to, I got the handle, the little yellow handle yeah. in my hand, and when you guys were done, I went up to you, and I'm like, dude, will you sign this? And you're like, fuck yeah, dude. And you we found this like brown fucking Sharpie or something, and you signed that fucking handle. Anytime anybody goes, dude, I met you back in 1980. Anything that comes yeah. after that A, I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just apologize. Dude, this was, this, I did not know she like... was your mom. I didn't know she was your sister. <laughs> it wasn't my dope, I swear. It wasn't my I dope. So just, that... I pull out pull out the litany of, of uh, you know prepared uh, apologies to, to go along with that. Dude, I thought I still had it, but I was looking for where it was, and it's not in here. I was like, I was hoping like I was going to bring it out and have it set on a table. That would have been awesome. I thought <laughs> but, it was but, a one-time thing. You know, I, th yeah. I thought I, I grabbed the mower off the, the, the drum riser. I smash it. All right, done. And then we played the next show in town, you know, a few nights yeah. later, a week later. And this couple comes up to me. And the husband, he's like, what the fuck, dude? I'm like, what? And he goes, dude, we came all the way from Port St. Lucie. And I'm like, all right, man. Thank right you. on. You know? yeah. And he leaves it. me hanging. He goes, no. Fuck you, man. You didn't smash the mower. the mower. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing and he goes fuck yeah man we came all the way we came all the way from port st louis they didn't give a shit about the band they came all the way from port Just st louis yeah, right. with their, with their the table of, of 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 friends from the the, the garden club you know to to sipping sip their chardonnay yeah yeah to see this this idiot smashing the the, the mower and i'm like well okay well i guess i guess it's a thing now so it, it became a thing and uh, ever since then, that was part of the show is you know smashing this. Uh, so then, actually, so then you know when what, these actually, mowers. you know what though, it may not have been the first time you did it. It may have been later on. But when when did it? When did the, your little like leading the mosh pit start? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that would have been the next level. It started with the song. Then we introduced the mower into it. Then we introduced the mower smash at the end. And then during the song, at one point. We really were have like legit mosh hardcore pits, yeah. mosh crowd yeah, yeah. that would come in. I cracked my yeah. hip in one of your mosh pits. <laughs> and I didn't give a, you know. So right? when I started noticing that during lawn care studs, these pits were breaking out. So I would grab the mower 
and yeah. jump down into yep, the I mosh remember pit. that. I've seen <laughs> and that these happen. Kids would follow me uh, uh, around like this little crazy lawn care. Per, you know, per, <laughs> procession, you know, log care groupies. So then <laughs> I learned my lesson Uh-oh. because shortly after that, we only ever had two. Well, we had a few gigs that would have been bad gigs, but there was only two where I really felt nervous or scared for my life, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. And right after <laughs> we got in January. 1991 we got the entertainer of the year award yep i remember remember that it was the ultimate accolade that moment that says this band is the biggest finest example this is you're the shit king of the shit and then and then and then the following year you had to turn over you had to present to fucking marilyn manson and the spooky kids right then that that was that was that was whoever that was like that was that that was everybody just let out a clip whoever won in 1990 Uh, presented it to the cats in 91 stranger presented it to you stranger gave it to us and then we gave it to to to, to marilyn Manson. manson so um Right after we got Entertainer of the Year, while that took us to a whole nother level of public domain notoriety, yes, the kids, the real punks, the real hardcore thrash right. mosh pit fuck you punks, who never really liked us to begin with, <laughs> now really hated us because <laughs> to, to the Bon Jovi people, yeah. we were hardcore punk, yeah. but to the real hardcore punks, punks. we were complete fags. Yeah. And I can use that word because that's how they thought of us yes. back then. Yeah. That's not me saying it. That's, that's them. Uh, that's yeah. all right. So uh, how do I know that? Ha ha. We got right after our first two shows, after we got entertainer of the year in 1991, our first one was opening for Agnostic Front. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Iconic, iconic, hardcore band. Not the best fit <laughs> for Dead Serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it was Dead Serious, Jenna Tortures, and oh, Agnostic the Front. Jenna Torture. Oh, so you have so you have two, you have two, you have a, a, a punk comedy metal act, and you have uh, another uh, a, a serious gimmick act with the gender torture. G- I haven't done that Jenna all year. That yeah, that. and um and then and then agnostic. Dude, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think the yeah. gender tortures were like really you know, did, gimmick. Did they, Michael did Michael Lang book that, that show? Shit. I don't think that was a gimmick. I, that was, yeah, I no, think dude, I was, that wasn't a gimmick. She was really doing well, that true. shit to those people. Great, legit, which was part of the problem. Yeah, but did did Michael Lang book that show? Mm-mm. So we, I've hijacked this episode too That's much. That's all right. Oh, you it's have, right. brother. This is awesome. It dude. was. Uh, yeah. it. I'm Hell loving yeah. it, bro. So uh, <laughs> we uh, we had a, a. It was everything was popping so much. Uh, 
the 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 guys from the band Poison were yeah. were connected to Bobby Dahl, the bass player, was from this this area. So I I knew Bobby. He was aware of what was going on. He hated the band, as he probably should have, <laughs> but he was aware of right. you know what was going on. So next thing I know, uh, one of their uh, tour guys, Ricky Valentine, is now all the sudden in Brevard County as if he had been sent on a mission, uh-huh. you know, to sort of take things over with, with dead serious in terms of like management, uh, booking security, uh-huh. everything we needed. Ricky uh, uh, appeared in, <laughs> in our world yeah. and he was the utilitarian guy. Yeah. And then uh, a couple of months after that, uh, a guy named Jimmy showed up from LA who are he's he's packing up our road cases and it's like oh who are you he goes I'm Jimmy I was sent from LA sent from LA sent from LA you know? what the so, hell does that even mean yeah. and so then we had we had management in LA and all this stuff was was what was was happening and <coughs> so the, the purists were were not digging and we not had lost any yeah. cred we had had right. we had lost well so, not with me bro i always fucking loved you guys dude. and i appreciate that that was uh and you guys <laughs> dude we always like you and awol he was like dude dead serious and awol are playing we're got, there i still yep, got the old awol tattoo yep. right here yep. at will of the lord yep so <clears throat> at one point some kid in the crowd this is the agnostic front show had like a, a rocks glass uh-huh. You know, uh, bigger than the shot glass, but definitely it was not a not, soda not a glass. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, a yeah, shot yeah, glass, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, and with the with the slice of lemon still in it, and the, the ice cubes. This kid takes this rocks glass from the crowd and throws it at the stage. It whizzes by, just misses me but it it clocks our drummer bill Irwin clocks like right in the cheekbone man and uh and and so as much of a close call as it was for me to dodge it it pegged him pretty good my wife who was the stunt double for heather locklear at the time (laughs) fact check check. uh, (laughs) she was off to the side with her you know, fabulous. Yeah. Uh, Lita Ford, kiss me dead, leave it. That was my that that was I my remember ex, her. ex-wife. Okay, I got you. Yeah. So she's off to the side. She sees this kid throw this wing, this glass up on the stage. She gets Ricky Valentine, our utilitarian savior guy, yeah. who was from the streets. Who was from the streets? He did oh, not give this a. This not going to go well. And he was fearless, <laughs> and he would defend us to the death so trish grabs ricky and goes that guy right there just threw a glass at it and he's like that kid that kid that motherfucker right there with the blonde <laughs> and the white shit that guy and she goes yeah and he goes tearing like uh schwarzenegger you know tearing <laughs> through the crowd imagine grabs this kid by the the hair and the back of the shirt and just beating his face in as he drags him through the crowd and throws him out you know it's like tell your friends you know don't you know, don't don't mess with, with this band but the following week oh shit oh. it got even worse oh no uh the next week it was us jenna tortures 
and guar. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> entire, the entire inside, same venue, the power station. I was at uh, that show. I was at that show. The entire inside of the venue is covered in plastic. plastic. You yep. Know? <laughs> and uh, uh, we, and it was instant replay from the week before, oh, except worse. Oh, God. And I was not fearful at, at the time. None right. of us, we, we didn't give a... We, right. you know. And so lawn care studs, <laughs> I got the mower and I jump into the crowd for the yeah. the little mosh, mosh pit, pit thing and then realized this was not <laughs> a friendly crowd. <laughs> this These is not mother- my crowd. <laughs> I jumped in the crowd, hey, milk and cookies and the toy mower and I jump in <laughs> and they freaking pummeled they pounced. Me. <laughs> boom, just freaking the fists and the kick. Oh, God. I remember and that. Ricky, God. Ricky Valentine, he's on stage. He sees this. He dispatches our head of security. It's like we had, we had stage guy, security guy, management right. guy, all this stuff. I remember the head of security. That was a big, big dude. Guy. <laughs> uh, wait, wait a second. Al, Al. We called him Rock and Row. Let's see. Big Al. The Rockin' Rhino. Yeah, yeah. Big Al, the Rockin' Rhino slash the Portly Polak. Because <laughs> you can say things like that back then. Yeah, we were So allowed. Ricky is up on stage. He sees what's happening in the crowd. He gets uh, Big Al's attention. A- attention. And Big Al jumps into this crowd and oh she disperses I re- I remember the that. crowd. I remember physically, that. Physically has to pull me. It's, it's like the Packers and the Cowboys, but there's only one Cowboy and a whole bunch of freaking <laughs> Packers. Right? So Al pulls me out of that crowd and literally like you would see in a, 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 a three, spoof he, he video. He back on the stage, know, didn't and, he? And, Carries me up <laughs> over the crowd you, and, you up and back on to the stage. I remember that <laughs> two two gigs back there. to back, you know. And by shortly after that, the scene was changing. You know yeah. that that ninety yeah. one was that yeah, real yeah. transitional. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're the early nineties where you know? everything started switching. So yeah. in nineteen ninety one, you could have a Lita Ford cassette. You know, maybe in your deck, but maybe. by the by the end, fill in. Yeah. You know, fill in that blank. But the thing know, I've, I've seen you guys with, I had seen uh, you guys with Guar twice, and the first only time, once. only once, really? only once. Yeah, I promise you, people. There's a true crime aspect to the story, and we're getting to it right now. If I can set this up, let me yes. let me jump in and and stop me if I'm taking you in a wrong direction. We've been talking about how times are different now compared to back then yes at that time 1989 the music scene in melbourne florida and this this is just a fact uh in 1989 (laughs) you had new york you had chicago la uh austin texas atlanta and melbourne florida and And that's just the way it was the original music scene was just screaming but this was 1989 there was no internet there was no social media uh no digital barely means. even cell phones yeah yeah <laughs> no digital means of promoting, promoting yeah. so everything was hard copy you go and do a photo shoot and it's photo shoots on film on film and you get the contact sheets and you pull the you have the band meeting and get the magnifying glass and out you, and, and you check out and, we and, like and, this one yeah yeah we like we like that one that one looks cool you know yeah and uh 
al- we would record albums and everything was released physical yeah. uh we were releasing uh, and regularly too i mean we were yeah. a prolific little bunch of misfits yes. uh, uh vinyl singles vinyl 12 inch <laughs> cassettes uh cds you know all this sort of stuff and hard copy press kits yeah. you know i would be at kinko's at three in the morning you know, running off press kits. You know, yeah. we were a folder band. You We've know, we'd all have, done that. We'd have the folder yep. with the with the the eight by ten printed promo photos and the bios and all this sort of stuff with yep. the demo tape stuck in there, and it was expensive. Yes. It was expensive, and for as much as we were doing with Dead Serious at the time, we weren't making any money off any of it because it just it cost so much Uh, our our mission always was to present ourselves on the same level as a national national act yeah Uh, oh yeah we were from melbourne but we never conducted ourselves as a local band holy cow we played (laughs) with freaking faith no more on that tour right as Epic was starting yeah. to break. I remember. I wasn't right? at that one, but I remember we when that came did our, We're doing our show, and I look over, and in the wings, that whole band, Ugly Jim Martin with the big... The whole band, they're all standing there, just like jaws drop, just like taking in every single... Holy cow, we got done with the set, and I think it was Roddy's like, dude, anything we have at our merch table... We will gladly give you if you just give us every tape, every record <laughs> that you guys have at your merch table. We'll we'll trade with trade, you. Trade we, just, we we have to get every bit of music we can on dead serious. You know, it's like wow, this is pretty crazy. Right? But the thing about it, I don't know if you're we're going this way. If 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 you were heading this direction before we get to the true crime part, um, just stop me and then I'll let you tell it. <laughs> but um, but the thing is, you know. DL mentioned that there was, um, you know, Melbourne touring bands would actually bypass Orlando to come to Melbourne. Fact yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Nine inch, nine inch <laughs> nails at the power station in Melbourne, Florida, yep. in 1990. 1,400 people. I know that was that was, was there the kind for of that stuff that, that 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 was happening here. Yeah, and and, and but and there were th- some some of these lower key bands. I, I was at a couple of shows where um where it's like you guys would play and the place would be packed, and then as soon as this you know Joe Schmo's chicken shack or whatever would um would get up there i, I saw this happen twice where it's just like dead serious dead serious <laughs> it, and the band was like run off the the touring band was like run off the stage the way van halen annihilated black sabbath on that first tour yeah right? and that's what we yeah. prided ourselves I on know. doing so, yeah. night <laughs> after night to these so, Un- right, unknowing so, headliners right. and uh, faith no more comes out uh, after we opened for them and you know they they did their thing you know but it oh, was yeah. just doing their thing two weeks later epic is now the hottest track the hottest song in, the in the country yeah. and they've got uh 
what's his name, the singer for Mike Patton. Patton. Mike Patton. He's on uh, with Kurt Loader on MTV. And <laughs> so, Mike, what can we expect when we come out to see Faith No More on tour? And he's like, "Well, Kurt, I'll tell you, we're a crazy band. We have these weird props, and we have all." <laughs> and I'm sitting there watching, and the guy is effectively describing a dead serious, a dead show, serious show that yeah. he has, you know. And uh, it was it was the same with uh, with Green Jello. Green Jello, Green Jello, you know, yeah. uh, when they first came out, the, the band was called Green Jello. Yes, and uh, it was ninety one, I guess. I think, yeah. And my phone starts ringing off the wall when Three Little Pigs hit the radio. Major label artists who we had good relationships with were calling me, congratulating me on have finally having a hit record dude changing the name of the band was the right call and i I'm, I'm at taco bell and this little kid next to me and he's like hey man you're that guy from green jello and it's like no, no, I'm, no not. I'm not <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they're talking about what is this this green jello this three little pigs what is this and somebody found the the single and brought it into rehearsal the one night and son of a bitch it was textbook it yeah, was it really stylistically was. from top to bottom. It was dead serious. Little pigs, little pigs, like you know? I swear to God, that guy, that guy sounded just like you. Oh, I know. You switch little pigs to toy lawnmower, yeah. you know, and it was the exactly. same thing. And then I'm doing some research pre-internet, but doing research, and I discover the entertainment attorney who I had sent one of those hard copy press kits to uh, a year before who said, well, you know, we get what you're doing, we like it, but we just don't see it. Yeah. Son of a gun, a year later, a year later. guess who Green Jello's attorney is? That the guy. Same, same guy, guy who yeah. I had basically sent a blueprint to, you <laughs> yeah, know? Right. And so, you know, there, there was a, f a few bands like that. But the, 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 the point seven weeks ago when I started you down this rabbit trail, <laughs> it, was, it, it was just so expensive to finance a band. Yes. Re-enter into the picture our hero savior, Ricky Valentine. Now, Ricky came from the poison camp, so he only knew how to kick people's asses <laughs> and to do things like a major label platinum selling arena band. And he by the, didn't know how to do things the Melbourne way. By the way, if... If you watch Poison's Every Rose Has It Storm video, there's a scene in that video where Bobby Dahl, drunk off his ass, is being dragged off the stage. The guy that's dragging him off the stage is Ricky Valentine. There you go. Fact, <laughs> fact check again. Fact so he was, you know, Ricky Valentine has been, over the years, endeared to Poison fans as much as anybody in the band. So this was quite a coup when he was sent from L.A., you know, to, to yeah, be working right. with us. But... Ricky Valentine, for all of his knowledge and insights and instincts, he was as broke as we were. But everybody wanted to be associated with Ricky Valentine because everybody knew he was the direct link to to, to poison. Who at the time was they they hadn't fallen off yet, but they were they were still pretty big. Oh, this was this was this was flesh and blood. This was unskinny yeah, yeah. bop. This was you know yeah. they were they were still on that white hot burning white hot moment so every melbourne musician 
every broke ass, unemployed <laughs> Melbourne uh, arena rock musician sleeping on their stripper girlfriend's couch <laughs> was trying to align themselves with with Ricky Valentine. Yeah. So Ricky became, uh, you know, he was be, the guy. He's the guy. He his he was always open to creative uh, revenue streams. All right. So as <laughs> as a result, uh, he was uh, he became very close friends with uh, people in the community who were involved in uh, recreational sales, yes. <laughs> as well as the local adult entertainment industry. Right. So. He, he didn't have the money. We didn't have the money, but he was hanging out with the people who, who did, did have the money. <laughs> so if we needed a photo shoot and we need 800, 500, 1,000, whatever, uh, promo photos immediately, Ricky would pick me up and we would go to the on the other side of the tracks in Melbourne. As and we would go into a, a dilapidated house with the boarded up windows with the Uzis propped up in the corners <laughs> inside. And we would walk in and he would dart off to a back bedroom and I would sit on the couch with an unwashed, tattooed, 90-pound you know, stripper who may or may not have had all of their teeth. And I would sit there with them for like an hour. And then at some point, the back room door would burst open. Ricky would come out, throw me a wad of cash, and off we go. There you go. So his, his, his bit was, uh, you know, through helping him out financially with things, uh, Mr. Upcoming Local Musician Guy, you're sort of uh, benefiting your, yourself because he's the direct line to, to poison. So now we have arrived. Right. Would you would you like to pick us up from here, Bill? Since I've hijacked. Your okay. Show? Well, <laughs> um, well, basically, the uh, there was another there was a there was a crime that happened. Uh, the lead singer of a local band here, a particularly sleazy local band, bass player was like a carbon copy of Bobby Dahl of Poison. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> and, um, but this guy's name was Mick Finn. His, I'm not going to say his real name, but, um, but yeah, and that, that was his persona. And I mean, he, he looked like a blonde knockoff Axl Rose. If you remember in the day, the band Faster Pussycat. Yes. Yeah. The lead singer yeah, for that, Faster that's better. Pussycat, that's better. Tame Me Down. Tame Me Down. Yeah. Mick, yep. Mick was an authentic clone, likable yeah. to me, uh, an authentic, likable clone of Tame Me Down. Yes, yes, he was. Yes. And then okay, each yeah. member of his band were authentic knockoffs. Oh, that's the Bobby Doll guy. That's, that's the, the well, who was Randy guy. Chapman? That's the, you know. Who was Randy Chapman? Who would Randy Chapman have been? Somebody great, because I love Randy Chapman, and Dickie he was just Lee? a tremendous no, talent. Randy Chapman was Randy Chapman. He, dude. he was yeah. Randy Rose. He, he, oh, wait never, a second. Randy Chapman would have been uh, Randy Rose. Uh, uh, Phil Collin, you know, one yeah. of those aces from Def Leppard, you know, and yeah. I don't mean that in a disparaging way. But, so, you know, yeah, the, 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 the Bobby Dahl knockoff bass player, Randy Chapman would have been like a Phil Collin. 
Yeah, but dude, I, I mean, I saw him play dude. Rand, I talked to Randy. I've known Randy. I'm like, I seen him. Dude. Randy like, was a regular. He was like, he was. Randy like, was a. I don't get why they're all dressing up, dude. I seen I seen him play a show. Randy was wearing sweatpants and a t-shirt. That guy was always such a sweet guy. Yeah, and he just would fucking slay it. Well, dude. he was a. Um, he was a. He was a. Some you know he was on several episodes of the Will and Thunder show as well. Yeah, well he's he's still around and and I knew yep. Randy when he was a kid before things really started started popping and he was just always a sweet guy and a super talented player. Yeah, just always he's great. He's Randy Chapman's just always been one of my favorite my yeah, favorite guys I, on I, the I've scene. Always liked you know? him. So so uh, the so the singer Mick Finn. <laughs> What this was back in the the late eighties, um, shortly, you know, a year or two, a year or two, right after the after I want force feed William Cruz came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's when so, their their moment on the local scene was <laughs> right eighty nine, yeah, eighty eight, eighty nine. I mean, well, that was riffraff, right? Riffraff, riff raff, yes, yeah. And they would, um, so he, I mean, this guy was like every every drug on the planet. He did it. And then some, but um, but he went into a bank with a. Wait a sec, Be- before we go <laughs> before there, we go there okay. we can give a little more, little more insight here. Well, take the mic. <laughs> when Mickey came to town in the late eighties, whether it was true or not, and you never knew with with Mickey what was what was yeah, legit, exactly. you know, uh, what was fabricated. Because that's when I met him. And he his his line was that he was from L.A. Yeah, like he, he was. This, I, I gotta say, I, I I gotta say, it's just like okay, we're kind of dumping on this guy because of what he. Oh, not does. at all. I have but, not at all. But um, no, I I I liked him. He was cool. Me too. Yeah, but he was he, he was, was, he was authentic. I, I'm just he, saying, if it sounds like we're dumping on him because of, of what he does, which we're getting to, um, it is we. Yeah, we are for that, but really, he not, was not, a cool. He was, no, he was a cool guy. I always had nothing but uh, the 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 coolest, fondest memories hanging out with with Mickey, and uh, you know, just talking about rock and roll. Yeah. And my first, my first show, my first show on lead vocals as a, as a lead singer, I was scared shitless because I had never done it before, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was the worst show I've ever done. But um, <laughs> but I um, I forgot I forgot lyrics. I uh, just oh my god! Like the the very first song, it, it was one of those situations where we had a four piece band. We, we were looking for a singer, and we couldn't find a singer. So I was like, okay, I'll do it because I would always sing like backup vocals. I, I'll do it. So it's like our opening song. You might have been there. I don't know. Mick Finn was because he was um running sound for um, you know the power station, but um, but. Yeah, I I get up there. The first song, it's just like, you know, we hit the intro to the song and everything. We're playing it and all of and everything. And I had only been a guitar player in a band at that point, so it's just like I'm supposed to start singing, but I don't. And I'm expecting to hear the vocals, and <laughs> they weren't there. I'm like, oh shit, I'm supposed to be singing, <laughs> and it just went downhill from there. But prior, but prior to that, it's just like you know, Mick had seen how um how nervous I was. Yeah, you know, because and he's like, "You all right, bro?" I'm like, "Yeah." Is it your first show? No, it's my first show as a lead singer, though. He's like, "Oh man!" So he, I'm, I'm like 19 years old. That was the first time I ever played at the power station, and um, and I I get up there and he he drink this. 
<laughs> so, of course, of course he did. Of course he did. So I, I drank it, and my voice was fine. I sucked, but my voice was fine <laughs> thanks to that concoction that he gave me. Loose, ow. Loosened me up a little bit, and, um, you know, and it, and it kind of loosened, you know, the, the old throat up a little bit, too. So, oh, I mean. He gave you some Jack Daniels or something, huh? No, it was a mixed drink of some sort, but, um, but it, I, yeah, it, yeah, I mean, he kind of he kind of took me under his wing that night. <laughs> he was like the the real deal because even if if you you didn't know if it was fabrication or truth, but he made you believe it. Yeah, that right. he was he was the 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 fire of you know full throttle you know sex drugs and rock and roll guy from the Hollywood L.A. scene, and here he is. He shows there up he in in Melbourne, and uh, it was just it was authentic. That was the sound. That was the style, and yeah. he was the right guy to pop up at the scene on the, at the right time and uh it was yeah. just always cool hanging out with him i'm out waiting around where the hell were you i remember that song yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude, I, I have a funny story about fucking mickey finn back when i was like 18 or 19 dude i lived in manor house apartments right and this guy tony g I remember sure. Tony G. You remember yeah. Tony, Tony G lived in the apartment like around the corner. From tattoo me. Tony. Yeah, Tattoo Tony. We all grew up together. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if anybody else knows any of these people, but this is like yeah. a family reunion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were taking a trip down memory lane right now. But anyway, so and we hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Because we sure as hell do. So Finn was hanging out at Tony's house, right? And Tony had just gotten into tattooing then, right? He got his gun, but he didn't have any needles. So him and Finn come over to my apartment because I play guitar. He's like, dude, you got any broken guitar strings? This guy really wants to touch him. <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> because I want to see you tattoo a guy with a guitar string. And for those, those for those of you just listening on the on Spotify or whatever, he made a motion like he was cutting guitar strings yes, on the guitar. Yes, I actually did. I actually <laughs> cut a string off my guitar because I wanted to see this happen. And I watched it, and it was the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like, dude, I have crappy tattoos. I mean, this one was Tony G. No, but he got... But, you know, I mean, all right, he got, uh, I mean you'll see it on YouTube, maybe. I, I don't know. But the point is... I don't hear anything. What do you mean you don't hear anything? I don't hear anything in the headphones. How about now? I do now. Just back it off just a little bit. Stop being a little pussy. No, it, <laughs> no, it, no, it went away there for a second. Oh, I second. know, dude. It might happen too, but it comes back, dude. Don't worry. Okay, about okay. It. But anyway, <laughs> my point, my point is, like, dude, Tony G did this tattoo with an actual needle, not a guitar string. But I just, when he first got his fucking setup, dude, he's like, dude, you got a broken guitar string? I'm like. No, but I'll get you one because I know what you're gonna do. And I went over there and I watched him tattoo this fucking apple on Finn's fucking chest, dude. And it was the worst fucking thing. It was just like, dude, it's not even breaking the skin, you know. It was like, it was like just this little like crappy fucking outline, like worse than a jail tattoo. I can't hear. I can't hear myself. Why can't you hear yourself? I don't know. Can you hear me? I hear you just I fine. I can hear both of you guys. I can hear all three of us. Okay, yeah, I don't hear beautiful. I don't hear you. Hmm. Uh, hold Fuck. on, hold on. Hold on. Check. High fidelity. Hey, can you hear now? I hear you. How about me? I don't hear I don't hear Dude, Chris. Chris is fucking blasted, dude. Blasted. He is like fucking like dude, if I go any higher, he's going to fucking go past unity. 
Did your? It was. You're in one. Did you pull out? Yeah, you must have pulled out one because I can still hear me. <laughs> Two. You're, hear, you're the you're you're I the hear both of us. Yeah, I hear. I, I don't hear. I I don't hear Chris. Ugh. All right. Uh, how Hi, about Mark. now? Hey, how you doing? I there, don't Bill? hear Chris. All right. All right, I'll just do it this way. That's I'll, just, okay. I'll, just, I'll just I'll just do it this. Right, you know, I'm just gonna take my hold my, on. It's like that video of Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> we'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> Fuck it, take the headphones off. We'll just do it live. Just throw them down. We'll do it live. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm not I'm not opposed to that. <laughs> I probably I probably need a I probably need to replace these headphones. To be honest with you. But dude, really, so you're that bringing... is an amazing tattoo story. I know, dude. I, I would thought... love to know what that tattoo looks like now. I would too. It probably doesn't it, exist. It's, it's probably disappeared. Yeah, yeah it's probably just it's all just grown out. Because he's like, dude, to. it was barely breaking his skin. <laughs> well, yeah, about that time, uh, Mickey was really courting Ricky Valentine, yeah. and we call it RV. Yes. So dead serious we were for whatever reason we were in need we were in dire need of a thousand dollars right now for whatever project we had going on we needed ricky valentine to find a thousand dollars right now hey so, ricky go fund us will you please <laughs> which is what he always did anyway i mean that's that's how i know so much about freaking you know drug yep. dens and crack houses and all that <laughs> sort of stuff was hanging out with ricky valentine as he was procuring, procuring uh, you know financing <laughs> for our entertainment uh, conglomerate so oh man uh, he reaches out to mickey finn oh. and mickey finn says we want you to produce our demo Okay, so it's Mickey Finn talking to Ricky Valentine. We want you to go in the studio with us and produce our demo. And Ricky says, I would be happy to, Mickey. It'll cost you $1,000, <laughs> coincidentally. Coincidentally. Mickey <laughs> says, no problem. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're the guy. Basically at the, the feet of the throne of Brett Michaels, you know, yeah, yeah sure, a thousand bucks. Now, probably Mickey didn't have it either, but he had a girlfriend who was involved in uh, the entertainment industry, we'll say. Yeah. And uh, we'll she was that. able to procure a thousand dollars very quickly. So RV comes <laughs> oh, over, Mickey comes over and he picks me up and he goes, oh, we're going to, we're going to go see Mickey Finn. I'm like, okay, great. And we go to some, dilapidated uh, yeah. apartment complex somewhere probably was, where i lived <laughs> it was the same scene you know playing out over and over here i am in the boarded up living room with the you know the unwashed 90 pound year old girl <laughs> and ricky's in back uh with mickey and we're waiting and waiting and waiting an hour later ricky rv comes out mickey's following behind they're wiping their noses Ricky Valentine throws me a wad of cash, thousand dollars. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go, 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 run, run. We jump in the car and and we go. And that was my understanding of the arrangement. Was that it was a deal broker between Mickey and Ricky for Ricky to produce Mickey Mickey Finn's album. Mickey Finn's album. Exactly. Done. We got the cash. We did whatever. You know, time moves on. This is 1989. We fast forward years 
I don't see or hear from Mickey. And, and I'm glad you brought that up. I want to be clear. I always liked Mickey. I always oh, yes. considered him yeah. a buddy of mine. And I, I, had, I had to throw that in there yeah, because... Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I don't say anything disparaging. He was just one of my buddies from the scene. I don't discuss Mickey any differently than any of my other friends at that time. You know, right. we were all ridiculous, you know, yeah. rock and roll guys trying to, you know, just trying to make it. Uh, so fast forward seven years it's early 1996 and i had opened my own record store now uh, 1996 unbeknownst to me at the time 1996 was not the best time to open (laughs) a record store now they're popping up all over the place now 2023 is an excellent time it's vintage excellent time now to open a record yeah especially especially because it it costs the same amount to press one that it did back then but now they're selling them for like 50 bucks a piece crazy and and just the interest in the used vinyl and so on so i opened my shop in down in palm bay uh, early 96 and short after we opened uh, in Walks Mickey Finn. Been years. Exactly the same. Like, holy cow, Mickey. Right on, dude. What's going on? How you been? He goes, where's my fucking money? Huh? I'm like, (laughs) what? He goes, you owe me $1,000, motherfucker. And I'm like, how do you figure? He goes, you know, that night I gave that money to Ricky and I'm like, well, then sounds to me like Ricky Ricky owes you that money. Oh no, no, no. He, he, Ricky, Ricky probably told him to fuck off. He got, he, I was investing in dead serious. I'm like, yeah, I don't think that was exactly. And, uh, I, I can't recall how that conversation ended. But it was very uncomfortable. I even imagine. And at some point, he takes off. He he leaves. And it's like, wow, that was really, really weird. That was odd. Then a couple of What days, did Ricky have to say about that? Uh, pretty much the way I'm... The way you're telling it? Okay. Uh, the way uh, I'm telling it okay. uh, right we, now. When you told me that story, you didn't mention that. I was, I was like wondering, well, what did Ricky have to say about that? So... A couple of weeks later, a couple of days, a week or two or so, I, I get in from the shop or get in from the club, whatever. It's 11 o'clock. We put on the 11 o'clock news, you know, with the old remote control, this, you know, yeah. toaster size. And here comes this crazy news story. Where There's um, your setup. There you go. A man, a man, a, a pastor pussycat looking Florida man. man. <laughs> um, Florida man, he um, he went into a bank with a, a cell phone and a bag, and he said to the teller, give me all your money. I got a bomb here, and it was just a cell phone. And I don't know if he got any money. I can't remember, but yeah, he went. You know, a foiled bank heist. He was trying, yeah. to, trying to hold up a bank with a cell phone. With a cell phone. <laughs> and this was right about the time he had come to me trying to shake me down for the grand. Right. And then coincidentally, a few days later, he shows up on the news being led out of the courthouse or facility of whatever, handcuffs with the shirt over his head over his and head. so on. It's like, oh, 
holy and they were using his real name and it didn't oh. click right. and then the shirt comes back i'm like oh my oh. goodness it's mickey finn yeah. and so that's that was whatever situation he was dealing with required you know getting a hold of some capital and he was <laughs> Yeah. visiting every means that he yeah. could I mean, like, to try to generate though, seriously that though after 70 years i've set not 70 after seven years he's like dude where's the grand what are you right. talking about i didn't even know Man, he, he must, i don't even remember he must that. he must have had some heavy hitters after him could be we could that we that we can only speculate yes, on but uh, uh i just thought it was uh rather odd i don't know you you may know bill what came of the story after that it was a big news story that night on tv and and there's mickey in living color clear as day and they're laying out the details of the the situation right. uh, beyond that i don't know how that story ever yeah. i know he went to prison that's pretty much all i know about it and it's, it's and i haven't heard anything about him being released but i mean if you rob a bank that's a federal offense so he's probably still in prison i would love to find out yes mm. let's let's do something i mean i say. did google it to see I'll if there was google anything john, I, could, I couldn't find john anything smith john I, could, smith. I could see what we anything. can find here <laughs> oh boy anyway <laughs> so we'll, we'll get your uh, research team here at the crimes killers and cults and the beers, I'll, right? google, I'll google it right now if you want you I, we'll I don't I'm, right, I'm see gonna, what you find all right here we go so that was uh it, w- it was just interesting in, in in 96 97 that there was still those ties to that old yeah. melbourne rock scene yeah and it's just it is just what the trigger for all of this was william cruz i mean it, if william <laughs> cruz right. hadn't happened none of the rest of the story happens is we're on the phone the other night bill and i talking yeah. and we're talking about the william cruz thing and he goes hey and you remember that I'm like wow yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah right on hell yeah yeah i started talking to him about the you know the 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 freak despicable guy who molested me when i was a little kid living on the the, the, the beach side the guy who owned the record store who's yeah. sitting in prison the the kid that he got before me he actually murdered oh. why he chose to let me go i i don't know why it played out that way but i'm i'm relating nothing. that story to bill it's like oh i got one for you this this you know filthy despicable person he's actually in jail convicted murder and bill's like that's interesting but what about mickey finn what but do you think ever like, yeah, right. <laughs> dude i, I have a murder here and bill's like oh, all right let's I, find out about mickey well finn. Where, where are we at where are we at you got time that's we're like almost two hours in okay wow. but um that we've been having fun though dude it doesn't even feel yeah. like it but hey i got a story because I don't have a Florida man story for oh, this. I, th- but th- it, this was not this was not happening on this episode. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> but I, I have a story because you guys remember back? I, what, I think it was in the eighties or whatever. Uh, Junie Rios Martinez. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that was vivid. The the guy that killed him lived just down the street. Mark Schwab. Yeah, Mark Schwab that's lived down my street, goodness. dude. I seen that motherfucker walk down my road. Well, he walked. That was that was probably one of the most tragic. Yes, it was terrible, dude. But yeah, dude, no, that that motherfucker lived at the end of my road. 
as a guy from the music scene, as a parent. Yeah. Yes, as a parent. Fucking terrible. You know, a passion for young people and just life in general. Yes. I don't want to do spoilers. That's going to be your story for something else. (laughs) I will be tuning in for sure to hear you guys talk about that one. If we get there, we'll get get on that one. I was just, that takes the That's just one of those things. No, there was a lot of intrigue on that one. That we we could probably make a full length episode out of that. Yep. But anyway, I don't know, dude. We're about two hours. You want to. I mean, dude, as much as I would just want to sit here and just rec- and record, and he's out of venom. So. <laughs> I mean, I would love to sit here and record and just like That's talk weird. with him for the rest of the night. Oh, I know. The rest of the week <laughs> because we're having such a good time. Yeah. But, you know, we could wrap it up. And I got rehearsal. I've got 56 minutes to get down to the studio in Melbourne. All right, let's wrap, let's, let's wrap, wrap this it up. up. All right, thank you so much for listening. And I had this before we wrap it up, though. I mean, you you kind of mm-hmm. use my vape juice there to prop up your little C, your CD there. Yeah. My record that you're the headphones oh, are yeah, hiding. Conveniently <laughs> See, Bill, Bill has no think, concept of product placement. I, I think <laughs> what you're referring to is the debut solo album Hell from yeah. DL Sirius. Yes, yes. Entitled. Pecker, Pecker, available now on Ghoul Tone Records. We are speaking right now in April of 23. Right, this yep. came out last fall in September of, of 22. Oh, right so on. it's just been out for a couple of months. It's the first record that I did when I launched my uh, solo DL Serious project. We got a couple of songs from the album uh, that are actual music videos that are Hell on yeah. the YouTube. I watched uh, the Sarah Smile video. That's feel, funny. Feeling Freaky and Smile Sarah Smile. And uh, so you can go on uh what what is it uh dlserious.bandcamp.com and then that's where all of our links and so on and uh you can find dl serious on the youtube and and lots of fun content out there and once i'm in Bandcamp, i haven't done anything on Bandcamp. none of my music is on Bandcamp. i need to put my music on Bandcamp at Bandcamp. It's it's a it's a very Bill stuck easy, a flute up his ass. It's it's, it's an easy and potentially you know very effective platform. Right. I I I I like the Bandcamp. Right on, brother. You know, it's well, a nice anyway. presentation. So, uh, so anyway, uh, thanks for thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this. This is kind of a different episode than what you're used to from us. But I I had a blast. Todd had a I blast. Guess. DL had a blast. Oh, we yeah. hope you had a blast too. And um, you know, check us out social media. Um, just just we'll, click we'll, our, we'll, just, we'll put DL social media in our in the link too. So absolutely, check we're going him to out, dude. He's that. fucking amazing. And Pecker really is about a chicken. It is Let really me, about no, a chicken. There is no <laughs> double entendre that it's, is not about anything. Well, the, I mean, the, the album cover. I mean, you've got this giant Pecker. You've got this giant <laughs> this giant cock. Um, right. that's just, oh that's Jesus! Just, that's just you know, like towering over the city. You've got like F 16s like flying anybody, to intercept Anybody it. who brings any dirty connotations into this is just a degenerate. Just I was talking about a male chicken. The title and 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 the the packaging and and the imaging and so on, genuinely, and that it's, is another forty five minute conversation. <laughs> but it is genuinely about. A chicken. A chicken. I love it. Just it's just that simple. DL serious pecker. It's about a chicken. It's a I snappy little. I record. didn't. I didn't bring any connotation into it. I called it a cock. A yeah. cock is a male chicken, stop. aka just a rooster. Stop. Just, just stop. stop. Just stop. You're, 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 <laughs> you're making it worse at this point. <laughs> anyway. All right. Until next week. Later. Cheers, everybody. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs>